forever. Dog! Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And this is our podcast, Scary Scary Stories Stories to to Tell on the Pod. Pod. It's a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, being scared, being unsure, seeing a ghost, hearing a dog. Um, (laughs) It is inspired by and united by a love of the beloved book trilogy, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, stories collected by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamble. But it is so much more than that. Oh, isn't it just? It's Americana. It is about how we tell stories to our children, how we pass stories down. Uh, and that's it. It's no more than that. It's no more than that. That's where it ends. <laughs> no, it's it's very much like lies told to you by your older cousin about like if someone ex- died in your house. Um, that is yeah. the, the feeling of that is this podcast. Our family friend's son, when I was a little kid, we moved into a house that they used to own, said that a construction worker died building the house and that at the same time every night a lamp upstairs went on, but it was just because that lamp was on a timer and would turn on. But I was very proud of myself because it was like the first time in my childhood that I like was not gullible. I was like, that's that lights on the timer. I know how timers work. Wow. Good yeah. for you, Andrew. I, I really was standing up to myself. It was um, an early, early trial run of that. That was the one time in both of our lives that we were not gullible. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I, I th- this is very sweet. We've been getting a we've been getting a couple messages from people uh, saying that they are getting scary stories to tell in the dark the series for their kids for the summer. <gasps> Which I think Ugh. is great. There's no because there's really no summer good. camp, right? There's, there's no, no summer, summer camp. camp. Man, I as a former camp kid, I, the heartbreak that I feel on behalf of I kids whose summer plans. I mean, look, I believe me, I'm aware that there's other larger right. things, but you know, when you're a kid, that's like your life, your world is small, and like I camp know. is such a special time. And yeah, I I'm really glad that like telling stories when it's warm outside is just one of my favorite all time experiences. So good. And I'm glad that we'll be able to recreate it a little bit. I know. I we that's like that's such a thrill. And if you and your family have like a backyard storytelling thing, or even just like in a little fort in your living room or whatever, send us pics. We'd love to see your scary stories experience. Yes, yes. If you're quarantining with roommates or over Zoom with friends, send us yes. your your scary story night things. I know. I was thinking about like one of the nicest things that I loved about camp was like end of the day after all the activities and like mm-hmm drama whatever like it was we'd all sit together in the dark and there were like certain stories we'd tell that we called vespers that were just sort of like little tales and they weren't like scary stories it was like stories with a lesson um and i was like oh it'd be great if there was a way to like do live stream of that and like coordinate with camp people oh that's such a good idea and like camp songs too like sweet like end of the day but then i I was like i'm barely able to coordinate myself into my underwear and clothes every day. <laughs> like, why am I signing myself up to be like, oh, I can't do in it. In charge of anything. I know. That's what there's so many great people doing like live stream shows on um, Instagram or Twitch. As Twitch, uh, people do things. Twitch people do things. That's their motto. Yeah. Twitch. Twitch people do <laughs> people things. People do things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that stuff. Anyone who has the wherewithal to organize shows like that, I Bless. have major respect for it. I'm going to go ahead and take the L and lie down for three months. That's been my plan. 
and maybe because I know it is Memorial Day, it's a long weekend for all of us. What do weekends mean anymore? Who knows? Um, but I think it's a kind of shirt. <laughs> yes, exactly. A week because your body is a week, and a weekend is your is the top of your body. It's the top of your body, or yes. the end of your body, or the end on where you start. Yeah. Um, this yeah, this is a fitting opening to this. We're episode. doing a good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, for anyone who's new to the podcast, just know that we are primarily comedians. We're not mm-hmm. um real hardcore um scareheads, and uh, the idea is that we are funny, and then also we're interested in scary stuff. Yes. Yeah. We're we're too easily frightened people who like yeah. to laugh about things that are frightening. Yes. Um, and there are so many great horror movie and literature and like fictional story podcasts out there. We follow many of them. They're so great. Highly recommend going over there. But we're here to make you laugh about stuff that scares you. We're chatty. We're chatty Cathy's. This is, this is a chatty Cathy podcast. So just- yeah adjust your dials <laughs> or you know or don't or don't or some you know i always like when people say we had that one we had that one um listener submission from someone who's like i came from the scares and i'm like coming around to the banter which i was like you know what that's i appreciate nice. it that's nice that's nice i like that appreciate um, it. so it is a monday it's a monday and it is my turn to tell a story andrew it's your turn to tell a story and I picked one that I do remember being told uh, one summer. And I was a kid. I don't think I fully understood it. I remember, though, that it wa- it had a lot of intrigue. And so, like, I knew one day I would figure it out. The illustration is terrifying. Um, but I remember we read it on the porch of the Cabell Cottage on Squam Lake in New Hampshire. And uh, it left a pretty indelible impression on me because it was told – by someone uh, with a New England accent. And um, and I, when I was a little kid, I used to have one. I will, tr- I, I've somewhat lost it. It sometimes gets kind of like mixed up and like impersonating uh, Long Island relatives. But uh-huh. I will told it, I, I will told it as I heard it to be. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> it's already no, happening. Andrew. Oh, it's no. already no, it's, happening. Is that the accent? I love it. Um, but it's a sailor story, which is a, a subgenre that I love. Ooh. And we start off strong. This is from uh, More Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Somebody fell from a loft. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. We haven't done this one before? No, we haven't. I'm, Ooh, I'm excited. I love this one. It was very scary illustration. Also such a poetic, such a poetic title. I know. Yeah. This title has bangs. This title has bangs. Years ago, I signed up as an ordinary seaman on a cargo ship traveling to England. First of all, ordinary seaman. Let's just get it out of the way. We're not going to comment on it. We all know. We know what it is. It's going to, that word's going to appear a lot in the story. Everybody get over it. We heard it. It's fine. On this particular voyage, the crew were a tolerable bunch, all except for one hard-looking character named McLaren. Calling someone a character is the New England motto. Couple what of characters is, over here. Could you describe exactly what that means in the New England context? A hard, uh, like a, a hard-looking character is someone who looks tough, who's maybe um, uh, committed some crimes, maybe some scars. Um, yeah, a hard-looking character. It's not someone who looks suspicious. It's someone who probably has done their time, and you just don't want to mess with them. Okay. You know? And a character is just a person who isn't someone you know or yeah. like. Someone who draws attention, someone who draws Uh attention. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was a fair seaman. Once again, we just know that's just going to happen. Look, we all all know what what seaman is. We all know what boats are, and it's fine. (laughs) 
but there was something about the cut of that fella's jib that I just didn't trust. Oh, my God. Love. I love when colloquialisms are used in stories. Very nice. Very nice. He didn't get along with the others, and they didn't get along with him. Even at mealtimes, he wouldn't associate with the rest of us. He just wolfed down his food like a dog. Like a do- but see, that's where it's like, do- it's dog. Or it's a that's, dog. I don't know how to say it. A, a, a dog is, is Long Island. Dog. A dog. Yeah, I don't know. Dog. We'll see. I haven't lived in New Hampshire it's for a long It's further time. back. Yeah. I love when people who know what voice and speech stuff means, like accent stuff, and they're like, it's really far forward in your mouth. And I just <laughs> pretend to know what that means. And I think I might know what it means. So I say it. <laughs> Uh, so McLaren wolfed down his food like a dog, then got up and left without a word. He was very secretive, kept mostly to himself, and always acted in an aggressive manner. There were a couple times when I caught him giving me dirty looks, as if he was just itching for a dance to knife me in the back. Oh, itching I, for a dance. I know, a stabbing like dance. Like fighting, a stab dance. I know, Did daggering. they rehearse it? I don't that's, know. that's what a daggering I'm not into. <laughs> uh, one dreary afternoon, we, while we were trying to get... Let me try that again. One dreary afternoon, while we were trying to get to work, a thick fog set in on us. It was a black, dripping fog, and you could scarcely see the length of the vessel. It soaked up all the light, to the point we had think we didn't have any lights on at all. The sea was dead calm. There wasn't so much as a breath of wind in the air. The ship was rolling slowly along as the captain steered his course. The deck of the cargo ship was silent, and no man said a word. Then, all at once, there was a mighty whack! Something hit the deck, and the force of it almost jarred the entire ship. It landed with a thump right in front of McLaren. He let out a screech that would have turned the cold blood in your veins. The second mate started yelling that somebody had fallen from aloft, and the captain fetched a lantern. So from and the captain fetched a lantern from his cabin so we could see who it was. McLaren had fallen over the wheel in a dead faint, his arms hanging limp and swinging back and forth at the motion of the ship. By the light of the lantern, we could see someone or something. That's a classic trope. Someone or something, yeah, right? Yep. Yeah. Something, someone, somebody. Yep. Some guy. <laughs> uh, we could see someone or something lying out there on the deck just in front of the wheel. Whatever it was, it was dressed in oil skins, and there was a big pool of blood dribbling out from underneath it. Yeah. Every one of us was afraid to approach it. We all knew some. We all knew nobody was supposed to be up in the crow's nest, so none of us could explain how a body ended up falling and landing on the deck. Eventually, some of the crew mustered the courage to turn the corpse over and take a good look at its face. Peering over their shoulders, I could see it was a big, ugly-looking man, but I didn't recognize him at all. In fact, there wasn't a soul on board that knew who he was or what he'd been doing there. When McLaren recovered from his faint, we tried to question him about it. But all he could do was jabber away incoherently and keep rolling those big, wild-looking eyes of his. Seamen are a superstitious bunch at the best of times, and everyone on board was getting more and more frightened. They all wanted to heave the body overboard as quickly as they could. There was something weird about it. Something definitely was not quite right. Something weird about that dead body. (laughs) Something weird about that. I don't like it. I swear I have heard... My older brother's friends say that sentence in real life. Something weird about that dead body. <laughs> uh, my mother, who's from Long Island, will take, she'll like take a sip of milk or something. When she's trying to taste if there's something if it's like spoiled, <laughs> she'll go, something wrong with that. No, something wrong with that. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> the captain thought the man might be a stowaway, but the ship was so full of lumber that there was no place for a man to hide. Whoever the dead man was, he hadn't been on the ship when we pulled out of port. The second mate gave orders to throw the corpse over the side, but the crew were convinced there was something supernatural afoot, and all of them were afraid to touch it. 
The second mate was shouting at this one and that one, but but he couldn't coax anyone into moving a muscle. Mm-hmm. This feels very right. I understand uh, semen being superstitious. The ocean is not the world. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the ocean is ghost town. It's wow. not normal. the The floor should be not be wet. Anna, if, if you were a cartographer is- from the 1700s, I can see that being your thesis <laughs> that you bring back to the king and queen. The that ocean be- is not the world. And they'd go, oh. <laughs> and then I'd just have a nice house and not do anything good for the rest of my career. Um, it just, yeah, it's like spooky and full of monsters. And like, it. I don't know. It, yeah. It's not. It also like, I'm just picturing you as a child hearing this like near a body of water and like. The water just it, it doesn't have a time period associated with it. Like you never look at the totally. ocean and be like, "Ugh, that's so eighties." Like it literally <laughs> right. looks the same no matter what time in history it is. That's a There's really just, good point. It like really it, it's its own deal. And you just know, like, in addition to the biological things that are insane, like just animals you've never seen, and like glowing water, you know, from uh, bioluminescent plankton yeah. or whatever the hell. Um, but in addition to that, it's also like you're going, you're going to a place you've never been before. There's fog. There's no land. Nothing is familiar. There's no light. Like that's all very scary. So scary. All of a sudden, McLaren started yelling like a lunatic and ran out onto the deck. That also could just be about like my brother's friend. <laughs> like all of a sudden he started yelling like a lunatic. Ran out onto the deck, you know, <laughs> knocked over my moxie soda. <laughs> Moxie soda, famously. Scared the dog. <laughs> Scared the Sorry, dog. that's Long Island. <laughs> no, that's that's a Long Island person getting in on talking about how crazy McLaren was in that moment. And you know what? My nephew, his, his feet got sunburned from staying on the driveway. He burned his feet. <laughs> that's how hot it was. <laughs> so put on your flip-flops. Put on your flip-flops. Um, so McLaren's running, screaming like a lunatic. And he says, I've handled him once. I can handle him again, he cried. And he picked oh. up the corpse and dragged it over to the railing. Just as he was about to heave it over the side, the thing reached out with its two big long arms and wrapped them around him. Before anyone knew what was happening, the pair of them went over the rail together. Just as they did so, up came the most horrible laugh any of us had ever heard. The crew gathered round, staring bug-eyed at the terrifying scene. That was was Long Island. Terrifying. Or Brooklyn, really. No, that sounded... That's good. Terrifying. Uh, The second mate was yelling at us to launch a boat and rescue McLaren, but nobody would dare get into a boat, not after what they just witnessed. We threw a couple life preservers over the side, but we all knew nothing on God's green earth would save him now. Later on, the captain told us that on the last trip he had made, there was a really big fellow who he had always been picking on McLaren. Mm, Let me take it again. Later on, the captain told us that on the last trip he had made, there was a really big fellow who had been always picking on McLaren, pushing him around. It was bad blood between them, and McLaren was always making threats about he would one day get his revenge. One wet, dirty night. Oh, God. The two of them were up in the crow's nest alone. In the middle of the night, the big fella somehow fell and struck the deck like a ton of bricks. When we found them, he was stone cold dead, said the captain. Deader than 40 herring. Deader than 40 herring. Uh, I mean, 39 herring, there's wiggle room. Yeah. Old times were bad for most reasons, but they had fun phrases. They also, they, yeah, they had to eat a lot of sort of small oily fish that are now very hip. <laughs> yeah, hip fish. 
Hipfish. That's our that's Sorry. our new ad. That's if we went oh, into yeah. copywriting. Hip hey guys, fish. we know it's really hard right now. That's why we want to tell you about hipfish. <laughs> <laughs> when they questioned McLaren about it, he said it had all been a terrible accident. The rope ladder they were using suddenly snapped, and the big fella plunged to his death. McLaren claimed he might have fallen himself, but for the grace of God. However, nobody believed his story. Uh-huh. Everyone who saw the rope ladder knew it didn't give away on its own. The rope had been cut through with a knife, but they couldn't prove anything. So they had to just drop the matter. In the end, I guess the big fellow took care of things in his own way, uh-huh. said the captain. The end. Uh-huh. Wow, I love this uh-huh. one. My God, Andrew, thank you so much for telling it. Oh, my God, I forgot about it. My pleasure. It is. I remember as a kid reading this and being like, okay, cool. Who cares? Like, I'm literally never on a boat except one year, one time (laughs) a year, like with my dad going out of cap tree to like catch half a fish. (laughs) Um, Like it it didn't scare me because I was never in this scenario. But now I think as an adult, I've sort of been able to be scared by things that don't affect me more. Yeah. Empathy is a scary thing. Empathy is, this. it's a mistake. Teach your children <laughs> to be shark-eyed, soulless weirdos. Um, yeah. It's scarier than I remember. Yeah. I think, you know what it was? I think as a kid, I knew, I knew there was intensity. I knew people were dying in this story. I knew that was spooky. I don't think I like fully understood like revenge from beyond the grave when I was very yeah. little. Um, I know this to me. No, no, please. Just to me, it felt like, oh, this is like a workplace disagreement. Like like, these coworkers hated each other. I was like, okay. Honestly, that I think about, especially if you're on a ship and there's nobody else, like they they must've just been killing their coworkers all the time. I, when I was, (laughs) when I was working in this office in New York, the IT guy was truly a psychological terrorist um, he would come, he would come to the office and there were just like three of us in the office. And every time he would come, he would piss all over the seat, Anna, like oh, all over it. No. Like all over it. I don't understand. In a way that was like, how do we do that? Like, how do we even confront this? Like it happened enough times. And then we kind of like did the passive aggressive thing where we like put up a little sheet of paper that was like, please put the seat up and like be neat about it. And then it just kept happening. And then finally I had to be like, (laughs) I had to be like, hey, um, is when like just when you come, there's been some kind of complaints about the bathroom being sort of dirty. And then he truly had just gone to the bathroom like one minute early. And he was like, well, I never use the bathroom when I come here. And I was like, oh, man, being gaslit in the workplace. I'd, I'd have cut his rope too. By a seat pisser. Wait, that's so crazy. Yeah, also, I just have thing. notes for men in general and people yeah, with penises. You, you, gotta you gotta sit. I know you sometimes got, everyone needs to sit. <laughs> the fact that we're standing is like I don't I don't know. It, I don't it, do the splits when I right brush my teeth. Like <laughs> why are we multitasking? If you can't be sure about aiming, like you, if you're going to be lazy, then commit to the laziness and sit. Like, don't stand and just go, you know, backyard sprinkler on on the bathroom. I just don't think anyone should be standing. I don't know. I, it's begging for urinal. trouble. Sit in the urinal. That's yeah. yeah no, I I know what you mean. I like. Uh, but yeah, just, workplace disputes are scary. What else pet- is scary about this? Um. Yeah. I just like being out at sea and like 
not having any kind of chain of command. Like, there's mm-hmm. a spooky dead body. <laughs> I guess let's throw it in the ocean. <laughs> like, if if a dead body fell in the middle of like a midtown like we work, there would be a chain of command. It would yeah. be clear. <laughs> it was, but because it's on the ocean, it's like, well, sea rules. Uh, you guys throw him there. <laughs> I guess it's sort of like space where it's like. Right. What do you if something do? goes wrong, you have to like take the survival of the team first. I don't. No. I'm talking like I know about boats, but I, no, I, I'm I'm curious. I mean, we just like know fewer sailors now. I get like you know there are yeah. people who would be like in the navy, but but the concept of like being on a ship going, I, I don't know. That feels very different to me. Like fishermen, like that's I know they're still out there, but it's just just yeah. like not as common to run into them. You know? Yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. It's it's a lot. Uh, what else is scary? I guess, yeah, like your actions having consequences. Um, right. Is scary. Also, I when there's that. like a scary person and they're scared of something, that's scary. Yes. yes. Uh, the laugh, I think, is the scariest thing to me. I know. The concept Not being of able to see a laugh that's happening at night on the ocean by people who are about to die. And a laugh getting further and further away. You'd think a laugh become getting closer and closer would be scarier. No. Descending no. laughter, very scary. At least if it's coming towards you, you're like, okay, I know where it is. Right, right. If it goes away, they could stop laughing and then come back. I think what I, I think something else I love about this story, Anna, is that the concept of fishermen stories are very uh, helpful for the spread of scary stories, right? Because it's like oh. easy stories to repeat in a bar like in a seaside bar that everyone hears it and everyone repeats it. And I'm, I'm sure that's like where Alvin Schwartz found this story. Um, and fishermen yeah. just tell really good stories. Yeah. That's the way a lot of things spread. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I meant by that, but <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I, I love the, I love the kind of like homespun nature of this story. It's really fun that it's told in the first person. Oh, can we talk yeah. about the illustration? Yes, please. Oh, scary it is a very scary illustration this one's abstract this one has like a sound associated with it like when i look at this picture i hear it yeah so so the thing that your eye is drawn to in the center of the illustration is a warped face screaming Mm -hmm. um holding on to a shadowy figure Correct. So I would assume that the big ugly fella is the face that we're seeing and McLaren is the shadowy figure being held. Oh, interesting. Or what did you assume differently? I think because it had lines, I just assumed it, the one screaming was the guy. Like we can oh. see his face, therefore he's more of a known entity. Yeah, that makes sense too. I don't know though. They could both be that. Well, it also this one's really fun because... I think it looks like something Stephen Gamble did was he illustrated this upside down and let the ink drip and then turned it right side up so that everything is like – it looks like they're falling into the water. It's just like a really good effect and surrounded by fog. Do you see that, Anna? Yeah. Oh, right. I never thought about that. And there's like lights behind them. Oh, that is so scary. None of it really looks like a boat. Like I can't – No. It, but it does look um, nautical for sure. Death. Could definitely Perfectly. see this in a bathroom next to a picture of a lighthouse. The Gertrude. The Gertrude. The boat is called the Gertrude. They were bringing lumber places, just like looking at the writing and forgetting that, man. Yeah. So Which makes around. sense because I'm guessing like this is either, this is certainly New England, maybe Maine because, or do they say? We were shipping, we were going to England, uh, but it doesn't say where they're leaving from. 
Could have been Portsmouth. You know better than I do. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 it's funny now when you go to towns like Portsmouth or anywhere in Maine and on the coast, some of those like coastal towns look the same – like out of the corner of your eye, sometimes they look like sets of a movie from like the early 1900s or late 1800s of a seaside town. Um, which is what I kind of love. Like not everything has been touched by like the like resort mentality of the summers. Uh, I mean, certainly there's plenty of that in New England, but like I, especially Portsmouth, when you walk around, sometimes you're like, oh, this looks like how I'm sure it looked 200 years ago. Uh, so Anna, why don't we cast this? And then I will let our listeners in on the discovery we just made um, okay. off mic. <laughs> okay. Cool. So who would we cast as the protagonist, the the narrator? <sighs> That's a really good question. Um, I feel like this could be all over the map. This could be like classic hard looking characters that we're used to, like a Willem Dafoe, but it could mm-hmm. also be like a hot playing sort of UG, like an Adam Brody. Um, I just watched Scream 4, so I've got Adam Brody on the mind. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it could be uh, like a... I don't know, like a I like Adam Brody. Four, like a yeah, like a sort of a you know a, a, a high status person sort of playing gruff. What do you think? Yeah, I like Adam Brody a lot. Um, I was also, you know, who jumped to mind was uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Oh yeah, he's who, just good. He's, he's good. With, good. Like, he's really good at like leading man, like character emotional stuff but also very good with um exposition yes <laughs> it sounds like a burn but it's hard to make that stuff sound right without trying to do too much to it he get he's given a lot of roles like that i think because he does he delivers exposition very well and i feel like he could really bring a lot to this uh adaptation um what about mclaren what about the 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 hard looking ticket or the hard looking character I mean, the mountain from Game of Thrones would be the obvious sort of oh fun person to think about, or any number of those sort of like yeah Scandinavian weight throwers yes. uh, who found their way into acting through sheer hugeness. I was, you know, the the mountain is like twenty six years old or something insane. It sucks. I don't it, like it. I, I think all people should look the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I couldn't believe it's like oh man that's wild he was he was so young when he when he played them out um yeah that would be good I could also see him as the big ug- ugly looking body that fell down I think that could be fun oh yeah um not that yeah, he's I think ugly. whoever we don't cast for this could be good for like the guy yeah for the guy um yeah I like that a lot a I also ticket. I yeah. <laughs> what if what if we just rep- what if all the narrator was like talking about was how attractive they all were so he was a Hard. handsome, handsome guy. Yeah. Oh my God, gorgeous! Who's beautiful? <laughs> Who's that? Eric Bana? He looks like Eric Bana. I do. I think Eric Bana's kind of gotten a hard, a hard go of it because he was in the first Hulk that didn't do great. Yeah. And he, everything he does is like he's good. It, he's you know, so good in Dirty John, which we have that ad for. Yeah. The Wondery oh, Show. Man, um, Dirty John's good. It just—he's just so good. He's very good. He good. We like uh, he. Um. So Anna and I, Anna did some online sleuthing, and I'm embarrassed to say, uh, as we've mentioned in other episodes, our books for scary stories tell in the dark are 
at the Forever Dog Studio, which because we're in a lockdown, we cannot get access to. Um, yeah. And so we've like I have found some of these stories online, and for the most part, they're right. But if you remember from Rachel Winitsky's guest episode, um, the part when uh, his was changed to husband, and the sentence became he got on husband knees. Um, we've realized he got that on his knees versus got, husband knees. <laughs> yes, um, we've realized that the version of this story that I just told has some pretty significant variations from the actual book. So um, if you notice that, that's the explanation. I'm so very sorry. But this way, maybe in a future episode further along the line, we can have like a guest or somebody else read the actual story from the actual book. That I, I think it's all part of it because this these stories are not meant to be um, – word perfect they're not supposed to be like no this is how it's told (laughs) like the idea is that it's passed on um and yeah i think it's this is what the great alvin schwartz intended this is what he wanted this is what he wanted but what's great is and like and you know we don't we're not getting paid by the the alvin schwartz what's the word foundation or whatever um (laughs) foundation for the arts and crafts (laughs) Um, But we are big believers in like get these books because I think it's really great for kids to be able to have and read. And also for you, like if you're a person who likes reading or likes telling stories but has a hard time knowing where to start, these are a great place to begin. And then you can kind of like embellish and add your own personal twists as you read. I highly recommend. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Yeah. it's. uh, I do love this story and I'm delighted that we haven't read it yet. I know. There's still there's some good ones that we haven't gotten to, and I'm very excited to have guests on to read them. Yes. Yeah, some boomy voices and some sweetie voices. and <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know the feeling. Anna has been looking for apartments. I have been, you know, putting on sweatpants. These are all exhausting, equally exhausting it's all things. A part of, it's all a part of God's process. <laughs> All a part of God's and now we get to the part of the podcast where we tell you what God is. Yep. It happens every week it's, and you all love it. <laughs> we always get in a screaming fight where we call each other insubordinate <laughs> in ways that show you that we don't quite know what insubordinate means. You're being a really insubordinate friend right now. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Boy. Uh, but I, no, but I, 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 it's nice to do the podcast, Andrew. I've been in such a spooky frame of mind. Like it's summery out. Um, I know. People, I've been smelling some wood fires around the neighborhood. I know. It's There's some little nice. doses. There's some little doses of summer we're still getting, which is good. Um, and yeah, yes. I mean, what, like Chris and I, we've been like cooking meals that you would have in the summer that maybe you would have outside, like trying to mimic uh, grilled hamburgers or grilled hot dogs. Oh, that's right. Wait, that's right. You guys purchased hamburger buns that were uh, good until what date? Oh, March 8th. <laughs> Uh, Chris just purchased some hamburger buns yesterday and got home. And then Chris is a person who always tries to find the silver lining and everything. And truly his first response was maybe they printed it wrong and and it meant May 8th. And I was like, that's still two and a half weeks ago. He's so sweet. He's very good. This is the same grocery store where Andrew tried to buy a chicken and they said, uh, what? They, as if duck. as if they had no idea. They had duck. They had Cornish hen. They had turkey. They did not have um a roasting chicken. And I and truly, they were like, "You are insane." <laughs> yeah, 
Meanwhile, um, it's March. Meanwhile, it's um, March. That's good. We we've got some like lunch meat that refuses to go bad that we've been using for I'm going to say 6 weeks. Yeah. Uh, you know, that won't go bad and that's almost worse to me than eating expired food. What what kind of lunch meat is it, Anna? It's it's not <laughs> Hold on. Let me see. <laughs> the hesitation is is hard. That's difficult. <laughs> Indistinguishable meat is uh is always a dangerous category. Oh no, what is it? It is called Land O Frost. <laughs> what? Wait, Land of Frost. What but what is the type of meat? Oh, it's ham and turkey. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, is that what you're asking? <laughs> yes. I was so scared that you didn't know what type of what type of animal it came from. Land of Frost. Land of Frost. You know? Yeah, legs. I mean that's Tiny that, head. That sounds like a thing that would like be in a Mike Judge show, like an animated Mike Judge show, because that that's like that just means like all this is was all this was frozen, right? I think oh, I didn't consider that. I thought it was trying to sound like Land Lakes, and that they oh. hoped that people would think that it was <sighs> more high end than it was Land of Frost. I assume, yeah, it's you know, there's there's frosty lands that also have animal processing plants well here's the thing and i'm not a doctor nor a butcher but i my my <laughs> belief has been <laughs> you have to continually remind people that I, illegally it must be said i've run into problems on other podcasts um by not announcing that i did not go to butcher school um <laughs> but i the the joe beth farmer school of lunch meat has always been if it's not slimy and it doesn't smell weird then you're good to go that's true. I Then I get sort of boxed into a corner with like, well, what is weird? And then right. I'm like, it's weird that we eat animals. And I was like, it's weird that we eat it all. And then I'm That's sort of true. standing with the fridge open and it starts beeping. And I just, it's so funny that you're bringing this up, Anna, because Chris was making a sandwich with some deli meat and was like, how, it was like, he was like, this is all ground up, right? Like a sausage. And then I was about to be like, no. And then I realized I had no idea how lunch meat was made. And truly moments before we started recording, I Googled like, like deli turkey, deli chicken, blah, blah. Oh, Andrew, be and, gentle with yourself. Well, here's Why what I was shocked. That? I know it actually wasn't as horrifying as I thought. With okay. a turkey breast, it's just a, it's just a normal you know boneless turkey breast that is injected with like a saline solution, um, which I guess help preserves it and gives okay, it flavor. Nasty, nasty, cool. Um, and then chicken. Now this one's a little weird. Okay. Chicken. What happens is, and I've noticed when you are at the deli and you ask for like slices of chicken, and um, the shape of the chicken breast thing that they put in the machine is a weird shape. It's the natural it's, shape. It's a circle. It's like well, but it has like weird little things that it, it it's uh, it is an imperfect circle. It has okay. strange ridges and things. Yes, it and is. according to YouTube, this thing I just watched of how it gets made. What happens is they t- that all these individual turkey uh, chicken breasts are stabbed and injected with this like a flavor saline salt solution, cool. and then they're tenderized with spikes, and it creates a natural like adhesive protein. That makes the chicken breasts all stick together and they form their own big lumps and then they're separated up by weight and then that's what is being sliced. I mean, it's all cooked, obviously. God. So it's not like a breast. It is. It's a breast. There, it is the breasts of several chickens that are are stuck together with their own body's natural glue. 
I guess the chicken breast would not be big enough to slice yeah. like that. You need a big, you need multiple <gasps> oh. breasts all stuck together. I was Andrew. glad that it at least is adhesive that comes from the chicken and not like a, <laughs> a spray on. It's not, yeah, it's not a spray tan. <laughs> no, although I wouldn't put it past some chicken companies to spray tan their Look, breasts. I've smelled spray tan solution before. I'm a grown woman. I'd eat that. <laughs> My I grandma, when she would visit, used to have like a spray tan thing. That, and I don't think I fully, I think I thought like it would, it would like, if you put it on one part of your body, it like absorbed into your skin and gave you a full tan. And so just my forearms, <laughs> I would put it on. Andrew. Very confusing. If anyone can find a photo of Andrew Farmer as a child with just tan arms and oh, nothing else, that would... I mean, I could give you one. I could give you one right now. I also kind of still look like that now. They do call it a farmer's tan, not <gasps> because of my last name, but yeah. Oh, thank God. Um, Anna, what oh. is something spooky that happened to you this week? Uh, something spooky that happened to me this week is that I watched 19 seconds of the trailer for a horror movie that's been out for four years, and it scared me so bad that I'm... <laughs> I did. I did what we've we've talked about this, Andrew. I love scary movies. I love movies about ghosts. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing I want to watch. If I watch even a little bit of it, I'm screwed for three months of night times. Wow! It was for Lights Out. <gasps> oh, okay. Let me just, let me give, provide you some peace. Okay. It was so bad, and it was not very scary. No. What? The, How the is that short possible? the short film is so perfect. It's like it's like the per it's like a okay. minute long and it's like one of the scariest things I've ever seen. And I still really? think about that. Yeah, the short film that's based on is so good. I saw a thumbnail for what I think is the big scare reveal, and it just looks like a weird coworker lady. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. And I don't mean to say my my like initial reaction being like it's so bad. It's not that, it's just that um when when a type of scare works really perfectly for a short form thing uh -huh. and it, and then it then like a studio is like now let's make it an hour and a half long it's harder to maintain that um sure. it's harder to maintain that scare also i think like sometimes too much backstory makes a thing less scary yeah i know what you mean that's how i felt a little bit with us where yeah. it just explained what happened so much that i was like oh that checks out <laughs> Yeah, I can see how that would happen. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's it's super hard to know that balance. I, I oh yeah, I've like have written plenty of scary things that I've then been like, oh yeah, I gave away too much or I gave away not enough or blah blah. blah. Um, that's why whenever something does work, it should be really celebrated because uh, that's a hard thing to do. It's a miracle when anything is good. And just to reiterate, everything I've made is bad. <laughs> That's not true at all. That's your line. Thank you. No, no. Anna Holy makes Andrew, very good things. Nice. Uh, but yeah, but the we thing is, I'm trying to make everything be funny, so I'm just <laughs> failing a lot. It's the hard. That's the. I think that making something funny and making something. I'm scary. sorry. I meant to say makes making it scary is what oh. I meant to say. <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to make it funny. <laughs> God, I suck. My brain no work. No, it worked. It worked good. It worked good. And now we can go on a little break over the summer, which is always helpful. That's true. Um. Yeah. My scary Andrew, thing that happened yeah, what to was me. Your scary thing. Yes. Okay. My scary thing that happened to me this week is um I started doing research for this other project I'm working on about uh, um, Edgar Allan Poe and um, Agatha Christie. And I was doing research on them. And the scary thing that happened to me is I thought I had two amazing ideas for screenplays, like back to back. I was like, oh, oh my God, th this is the best idea. This is a movie I want to see tomorrow. And um, one was about Agatha Christie and one was about Edgar Allan Poe. And then truly, Anna, both of them have already been made. <laughs> 
What? And it was so scary to me About that I was like. the two of them together not or together. individually? So, so one of my thoughts was, the first one was, in real life, Agatha Christie, who is like the most successful mystery author of all time, um, uh, she wrote all the Poirot stories. She's incredible. I'm sure you know who she is. And if you don't, you must read her. She's great. Um, but she, she in real life disappeared for like a couple weeks. What? Yes. That's crazy. And no one knows, like no one really knows what she was up to, but she assumed a different name. She went to a resort under this assumed name, but no one knows why. No one knows what had happened. Her husband had just said that he wanted to divorce her and marry someone else, I guess. And she just like left in her car and then her car was discovered and she wasn't in it. And there was this like manhunt for her. And then she came back and, um, and like people asked her about it and she just never said what went on. And I was like, oh man, like the best movie would be that she's like disaffected from writing all these mysteries. She's uninspired. Her husband's kind of a nothing burger. She um, like decides to kind of like live life dangerously. She assumes a new name. She goes to a resort. And then at the resort, a murder happens. And then she is now suddenly the person trying to solve the murder, which I was like, oh, that'd be so fun. And um, hey, it's such a good idea that someone already did it and the BBC made a movie out of it a couple years ago. Um, And then I was like, oh, Edgar Allan Poe, what – because he kind of invented the modern mystery genre. It's like what about a movie where he like – Someone there's a there's kind of like a seven esque killer who's killing people in the way that um, people die in Edgar Allan Poe stories, and I was like, oh my god, I'm a genius. And yeah, that one also such a good idea that hey, it was already made into a movie called The Raven, uh, starring John Cusack a couple years ago. <laughs> oh my god, Andrew. So that's I feel my scary like you thing. should be allowed to make them anyway because you thought of them without knowing. I it was a, it was a <laughs> it was a bummer. I mean, this is the thing. That's why, and I don't know. Sometimes where it's like, if it, if you have a good idea and you're writing it from your own perspective, like then go ahead and write it. That's fine. I kind of feel like with these, my idea is so on the dot of what the other movies were that I just can't do it. Um, I do think you should write like Agatha Christie having like uh you know getting her groove back style uh, <laughs> escape. Can you imagine if I told you if I was like, hey, I've written this new screenplay and it's called La La Land. Um, oh, it's no. about two. <laughs> <laughs> it's about two paralegals. Um, oh my god. La would, La Land. My note would be to put dinosaurs in it. That's really good. Jurassic Law. And it's about a dinosaur and another dinosaur who want to do long distance. Life finds a way, way, way. They really shut down the 405 to have that whole like dinosaur. (laughs) Yeah. All that is to say, sometimes having an idea can be scary because someone's already had it a thousand times. I'm Um, sorry, Andrew. That is scary. Oh, that's okay. That's okay, though. Guys, I think that's it. I think, I think that's our it. Podcast is over. Um, <laughs> thanks for listening. <laughs> I'm mentally feeble. Did anyone no, notice? No, okay, good. But this has been fun, Anna. This thanks for so letting fun. me do a, a a hacky New England accent mm. to you for the better part of twenty. It minutes. was so nice. It I do find it very soothing. <laughs> it's such a it's a miracle that that accent ever developed. Me, I'm I'm amazed by it. It's such a our friend Nick Packard is is from just outside of Boston, and he he plays the best New England character imaginable. And I do I do have such good associations with it, um, even though so many people have said the the f word with it in disparaging ways. Um, 
Oh, Oh, Lady Lady Bird Bird. screaming. Uh, Which is our cue. Anna, you're just the best. Andrew, you're just the best. We're both the best. We're twins. (laughs) We're the twins. We're the best twins. And everybody else, get Get out. out. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.